0: episode 16 i'm your standing co-host and anime boyfriend alan ibrahim and i'm joined by the truly outrageous fifth member of the misfits ryan Prasad. i
1: i want to be in gem instead i don't want to be in the misfits
0: i know but gems already got four. like they're all they have like a good group dynamic it feels like the, I, can
1: be, I can be like the backup i can be a stand-in i just don't want to be a part of the misfits
0: the lead in the misfits is one of the i don't like her i don't trust her
1: You're not supposed to. (laughs) Like
0: a cartoon (laughs) supervillain. I think she's well written.
1: I love her, but she's a bad person. Yes.
0: Uh, Speaking of well written, here uh, I'm also joined by gender flux magical girl Katie Marie. Hey. How you doing, folks? Doing well. All right. That's
1: good. We're, we're, We're flipping the script. You're hosting this one.
0: I am hosting this one, and I'm nervous but excited at the same time.
1: You're you're doing well. Maybe in the future you'll be able to host your own
0: podcast (laughs) (laughs) maybe someday i can have my own podcast i'll make it all about space and space puppets so you'll
1: do you some tv show you'll talk about i'm sure
0: yeah probably but not for now for now we're here uh to talk about uh life and love and friends and we're gonna do our segment one and then we're gonna move on later to discuss our shared experience for this episode which was i already forgot what it was (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yep, it was that memorable. No, it was oh, Cosmopolis.
0: Yeah. Cosmopolis, the f- the film, not the book, um, which we'll be yeah. talking about later. Uh, but for now, what have y'all been up to? Uh, well, since we already
1: teased it in the opening, I've been reading *Gem of the Holograms*. Uh, I read it, started reading it over the summer, and uh, I think Volume Three came out not a couple weeks ago, I guess. Um, and I I just needed to catch up, and so I finished Volume Two. Uh, and picked up Volume three, and I'm like, I only read like a couple issues or into volume three um and it's probably my favorite comic. I'm not like well versed in the comics uh it's just it's something new that I'm getting into uh I got into comics because of the Taallahahae coach run of Black Panther uh, and someone recommended Jim the Hallgrams and I started reading that, and it's just reading that comic is like a warm hug. Cause it's very pleasant and just really light-hearted and very stylish, very beautiful. Um, I think S- Sophie Campbell uh, did the art uh, for... Uh, does most of the art. Uh, they switch artists sometimes. Um, and uh, Kelly Thompson does the writing on it. And um, the thing I really like about Gemini the Holograms is that uh, you, with most comics that I've read so far, uh, it starts off with a premise that's just like, you know... This starts with a character and they're really relatable and they have like similar anxieties and insecurities that I do and it kind of get attached to the character that way. And then uh, the issue ends and something fantastical happens or they have superpowers uh, and it kind of goes off the rails from there. Uh, Gemini Hologram stays grounded, but it also does character drama and just character relationships and stuff in a way that's very stylish and in a way that is like very well done it's the way it tells a story it's very uh it doesn't waste any time telling a story uh and the characters are all well established and well written and just it's just real it's just really fun uh it's just really fun to read just all these characters dealing with their problems and interacting with one another it's just it's, it's a lot of fun i really like that comic a lot
0: i um, to here yeah i read spe uh, i katie I, I would also recommend it to you because Palette watch 2016 holy crap the pace, yeah i have the first so issue
2: pants.
0: oh so. it's so pretty uh that first issue is a lot of fun i've read the first four i was starting issue five before we started recording actually um i like it as well i'm just more than anything impressed at how how well it takes a property that was, like, so... It's been handled so poorly since its inception in the 80s as, like, the cartoon about, like, magical girls. Like, they, like, run an orphanage or something. I have watched, like, one or two episodes of the original cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got, like, that same... It's, it's kind of, at the time, it was like, oh, it's G.I. Joe for girls. Because it's, like, a similar animation style and, like, you know, it's about a an ensemble cast. But it's, like, it's nothing similar to that. Um, but the thing is like the original Gem of the Holograms all the girls are white and just like boring Uh, and then the new one is like the most it's just diversity switch flipped to 11 it is so everyone is represented in that even the one boy that I've seen so far is like oh you're even like a decent boy you're not a trash boy you're like an interesting guy Right, Rio Um, yeah Rio great (laughs) Uh, no I
1: really like that it doesn't like it's tried it tries to have characters of different body types different uh skin colors and stuff but it doesn't like make that a bullet point it's just like it's not like hey we're diverse by our comic diverse hashtag diverse characters but now it's very natural and it's very nonchalant about its queerness um and yeah i i have no bad things to say about it i just think it, all the subject matters it. uh tackles it tackles
0: extremely well yeah I, I agree i am super interested in reading more of that
1: uh, and then katie you had an antidote that you messaged me not too long ago yes. about gemna holograms
3: um
1: anecdote yeah.
0: not antidote i yeah. keep i know <laughs> what the
1: difference is and i keep saying the other thing it's and i okay. don't mean to i'm sorry it's for just one of you. those weird vocal tics that i like i know it's anti antidote Right? Acidote. Anecdote. Anecdote. I don't know why. Uh,
3: I always anyway. mi- mix up uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. And so everybody's like, ooh, fake gamer grill. So, you know, fake, fake nerd. <laughs> so I understand. But uh, yeah. yeah um, so when I went to go buy Gem and the Holograms, um, I looked all over the comic store. I looked in because this is my local comic store. And I always go to buy my comics from there. Um, so I looked in all the sections and I couldn't find it and I was like well that's really disappointing but you know what I'm going to go ask the clerk so I went up to her and I was like hey uh, do you have Jim in the Holograms and she was like yeah it's in the kids section
0: ah. and I was like
3: okay okay <laughs> Um. so yeah I bought it and like it kind of bothered me that it was in the kids mm-hmm. section because I was like um, I mean like you know at the same time like just because You know, uh, I'm sorry, it really irks me. So I'm getting like kind of emotional. It's like, okay, so (laughs) it's not straight media. So I think it's cool that they're like, oh, children can enjoy queer media. You know, like queerness is cool. Diversity is cool. It's normal and kids can enjoy that just as much as straight white dudes. But at the same time, I'm like, is this saying that this isn't, like, a serious comic, that this isn't, like, real or, like, adult just because it's not, like, grimdark and fighty dudes, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. There is
1: nothing about Geminal Holograms to me that screams that this is for kids.
3: That's how I felt about it, too, which is why I was like, that's an interesting choice because, like, it's literally sitting right next to, like, My Little Pony and, um... You know, just mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Because, uh, you know, there's different sections in the store where it's like, you know, uh, here's comics that aren't part of, like, the big labels. And, like, you know, there there's different spaces for each different media. And um, there's definitely spaces for comics that aren't, like, you know, superhero comics, but that aren't for children. And yet it's, like, in the kids section. And I'm like... This kind of feels like a slight, a little bit, to me. Because it feels like it's like, oh, this isn't for real. This is childish. And we're going to, like, take attention away from it by not putting it with the other displays where it actually belongs. So... Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, It's... That seems really garbage and sexist. If... If, like... uh, character-driven comic book that has a bunch of women in it and it's like not it's not focused on action if that what is what defines like a children's book i guess that's really just bad yeah (laughs) like that is not something that's bad that's bad
3: that's how i felt like of course i'd love to give people the benefit of the doubt but that is like kind of rubbed me the wrong way ever since i like bought it and that's kind of why i haven't bought further issues like beyond the first one because i kind of don't want to buy it from there (laughs) i want to go elsewhere so you know that's that's my thing if it
1: makes you feel any better the comic shop that i went to try to go buy volume three because i figured like maybe i'll just keep buy one like physical issue because i really love the art um and they just straight up then i was like do you you guys have volume three of Gemini Holograms? And then he goes, well, I don't think it came out yet. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it did. It came out in <laughs> August. And then he looked it up and he was just like, oh, it came out. Yeah, we don't have it. I was like, cool. Well, you guys care about this series? yeah?"
0: So... I think uh, the only reason... Well, y'all are right of why they put it there in that section. But also, I think the original Gem property is from like the same... Like it's either Hasbro adjacent or like Hasbro related, so
1: IDW I think is the publisher. It's
0: that's the comic publisher, but like the show and yeah. stuff came from the same production company as yes. as like uh, My Little Pony. Yes, so yes. it's like mm-hmm. maybe there's putting into that. But IDW like they publish everything that is based on another property as comics. So like, mm-hmm. no, it's not it's not okay. a kids comic.
1: Yeah, it's it's silly, but it's also commendable, I guess, if it's like Hasbro like being comfortable with like their, someone like taking over their brand and like doing all this stuff to it. Like that's, I I know German the Hologram is probably not like the biggest brand ever. So they can kind of do whatever they want, but it's still cool that a company is willing them willing to let someone take a risk with it. And that's pretty cool. Uh,
0: Favorite hologram. <sighs> it's the hardest I question. I just put it. I just love it.
1: everybody though. I yeah. love everyone. Everyone's great.
0: That's, it's a hard I I am
1: also really bad with names.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the one that I've leaned towards, but I don't remember her name is uh the one with the long red hair that's on the holograms that isn't. Kimber. Gem- Kimber, Kimber's Kimber.
1: Good. Kimber's really fun.
0: They're all fun. There's no bad characters in that book.
1: No. Uh, uh I'm also are we moving on from gem to Holograms? Yeah, sure. Uh also been playing a little bit of Overwatch <sighs> on the side. Uh, and then this isn't something I've been up to, just something I was thinking about. They're adding a a support to Animal Crossing. And I know we don't talk about news, but like, so they're adding a a support. I hope in that same patch, they add the ability to change your skin color. I ha- I try to look it up. I haven't seen anything about it, but seriously, if you're going to let me put fucking figures on my 3DS, at least give me like have some common decency and let me be brown but like, that's not that hard to do just let me do it
3: yeah i mean it's in happy home designer i don't see why they can't put it in new leaf <sighs> if they're already patching something that's like way bigger than skin tone selection why can't you just patch that in you know i don't yeah. know
0: weird
1: sorry i wanted to use this platform yell at nintendo
0: basically (laughs) Uh, should i if okay so animal crossing new leaf also um is on like the they're called like the nintendo selects or something it's like their their whole like it's their greatest hits basically where it's like hey here are like good classic things for our platform that we're gonna make 20 dollars and keep them at 20 forever so that they're like more accessible and new leaf is now on there uh if i got am i like way way too late to the new leaf party could i like still play with people and like hang out and have a fun village
1: I mean, it's not like a super, you know, everybody needs to be playing all at once sort of deal. Yeah, we got uh, other games for that. <laughs> but I yeah, I would say go for it. I mean, it's it's really fun if you can overlook its problems. It's really cute. It's really mm. cute. Uh, which is why I'm disappointed in a lot of the s- skin tone and stuff. Me right?
3: too. And I don't like how you can buy headdress. I'm just gonna yeah, put that yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but you know. I would definitely play that game more if I could be brown and just be like fully represent myself in that world, but I can't. So
0: this is a random thing. I just really briefly remembered. Um, I was, do- I was like going through old PlayStation saves for some reason last night, just like clearing up hard drive space. And I found my little big planet one save, which had like my character on it. And uh-huh. my character is just like a darker skinned uh, sack boy with sunglasses and a turban and i realized for a second they're like wait a minute there is no way for me to express my like arabness without either picking a darker skin tone than mine or having a fucking turban like there's Mm. just not there's no other way to do that uh at least like visually to be fair Mm. i don't know a better way to do it off the top of my Mm -hmm. head but like i can identify (laughs) another arab person in in the wild like in real life i know what they look like we all have we have a look But how to, like, incorporate that into a video game. It's like, ugh, come on. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's kind of the same with being native, except for it's kind of like if you put on, you know, like a war bonnet or a headdress, it's kind of like the same thing as somebody wearing, like, military blues when they're not actually in the military. So it's like, how do you identify that in a game as well? Yeah. You know? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you got to pick up the totems and, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love Until dawn, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie, uh, what have you been up to this last two weeks?
3: I have been playing Otome games. Um and Otome Can games. You... What?
1: sorry, I was going to ask you to explain what those are, but it sounded like you were going to, so yep. I was like, Oh no. <laughs>
3: well, here we go. Otome games are basically called it's like another word for girl games. Um, and it's where there is it's like, you know, dating sims and visual novel type stuff. Um, but the protagonist and the main character you play as is female and typically like um, the cast that you can romance is male. And occasionally they'll have like, you know, female routes as well. So, um, there's a big one that has blown up in popularity um, and I kind of, pl- okay, so I actually really love visual novels and dating sims and I play them a lot on the DL. Um, so I have been playing, I guess, like these other, um, mobile otome games by this company called like Cybird, um, for uh, gosh, like almost a year, and uh, basically, like this new one um came out and is incredibly popular. Um, instead of being like a Japanese company, they're actually South Korean. Um, they're called Cherits, and basically, their entire company is dedicated to making female oriented games Um, so I thought that was really cool Um, like they're basically trying to provide products to female gamers who want to play these things because let me just say I've done a lot of looking around for visual novels and female protagonists are hard to come by in dating sims Um, even in uh, BL boys love games that are like Supposed to also be female-oriented. You basically just play as gay boys, and you still can't play as a female. So it's like, what okay, the- that's cool. <laughs> but you know, we ran
0: into a sim. We ran into a similar problem when like pitching different uh, games that we were going to play for date night. Because
2: mm-hmm. we were like, all
0: right, we definitely probably want to do an otome game because girls are cool. And then like, we're looking through all of them, and like a lot of them are either parody or like not good. Just like kind of shitty right um and the exactly. ones that are good sometimes like don't have the best gameplay and it's like oh man this is a genre yeah. with so much potential <laughs> i
1: there the was i remember there was yeah, there was one where we tried to play to where it was very much just like it was a dating sim but it was making fun of the fact that you were playing a dating yeah. sim just like oh you fucking loser sitting at home you pick this option you're going to fucking die cuz you're playing a dating sim
3: yeah. And it's like just be
1: just be earnest. Like it's not that hard to be earnest about the game you're making.
3: Exactly. You know, there's like that and then you have like full boyfriend and then it's like, "Okay, well let's come up with another otome game that anyone can think of. Let's hear it. I'm waiting." So, you know, it's kind of frustrating for me personally as somebody who enjoys these games. But but and I'm really happy about this. Um this mobile game Mystic Messenger came out recently and the popularity has been really intense. Um Because I have seen, like, all these people I follow on Tumblr and on Twitter, like, posting about it and stuff like that. Um, And so, it's really cool for me to finally have, like, a community, I guess. And to finally have, like, a game that's really great. Um, I think it's super cool. It has, like, uh, you know, it has, okay, so there's voice acting. Um, They have, like, high-quality animations. The art looks good. They have soundtracks like the story is complicated um there are like multiple routes and multiple like good ends and bad ends that you can like encounter um it's free to play you can like buy the hourglasses which you know enable you to like play the game faster like all in one sitting um so that's really neat um but basically what happens is you know like uh, you download the game, and you're, you know, you get a text kind of thing from this hacker person called Unknown, and they lead you to an apartment. And the apartment is like, "Oh, um, this is a fundraising organization created by somebody who died, um, and I don't know how you got into her apartment, and I don't know how you got on this app, but uh, that's kind of not cool." And then they're like, well, I guess there's no choice but to have you work for us because, like, yeah, security measures. You can't really leave. And I'm like, "I." so you get to talk to these cute anime boys and a cute anime girl, too. And um, one thing that I thought was really interesting is one of the boys who, like, talks to you is, like, his name is Zen, and he's kind of like a womanizer-type person, but he... Um, he also doesn't have a girlfriend and like hasn't really um and he's like flirting with you and the girl steps in and she's like hey you know that might make katie uncomfortable girls aren't objects to be owned and i was like "Ooh, yes whoa thank you jay (laughs) so that's always refreshing
0: to see in games like that
3: yeah and um also i think it's just really funny uh Cause it's like it'll get like really meta at times, um, because you know this one person describes this dream he had where he was like, I dreamt that you were a robot and all you could talk to me was in pre-programmed uh, dialogue choices. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And he was like, but then at the end of the dream, the twist was that all of us in, in the organization were robots except for you. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's oh. good well, now, it, I'm gonna delete this I, <laughs> You're like, wait
1: so yeah. wait. I thought the twist was gonna be that you were chappy <laughs> no
0: does it actually like when you get notifications does it make them look like texts yes oh that's good like I that. like yeah um, that's cool there's phone yeah. calls
3: and emails yeah. and stuff and they're pretty realistic I think
0: so are you gonna say Ryan
1: I oh, don't know. I was gonna say I know like, there are a few games that are very much just like you get a text from someone and then you respond and then you leave it for a little bit and then you get another response. I, I forgot what game it's called. You think but... of
0: Lifeline, probably.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been meaning to play that, but I haven't actually gotten around to it.
0: They made a uh, they made a bunch of them. The first Lifeline I have played is really good. Um, and then they made a bunch more. I have no idea if the rest are good, but they're like really they're all good. I like it when games can like play with the format of the thing that you're doing mm-hmm. uh, ever since metal gear solid one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's cool.
0: Uh, finally, I, um, have been playing a video game a lot for the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been playing the new world of Warcraft expansion. It's called Legion. Um, what's up, Ryan? <laughs> I know.
1: I just wasn't going to say anything. You can go ahead Okay.
0: And... <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's been out for like a, a week or two now. And, um, I'm really enjoying it. I like just uh, wholeheartedly because basically a short history of my experiences with the game uh, is I started like in 07 where uh, the first expansions like content was just ending and people were revving up for Wrath of the Lich King, which a lot of people consider the sort of like apex of the game's popularity. Um, and then I stopped towards the end of Lich King and didn't play for pretty much all of high school. Um, and then I came back for the last expansion in 2014, which was Warlords of Draenor, which a lot of people didn't like um, because, in short, uh, it was doing some time travel plot stuff. And um, if anything, the World of Warcraft community and the Warcraft community in general, like those people really like their lore and they really care about character consistency and stuff like that. And it's it's one of the few universes, or at least fantasy universes, that I uh, genuinely enjoy and care about and I want to like see the character story progresses and I like to savor the narrative content as much as i can um and so i think that blizzard realized that a lot of people were burned by draenor's like lack of plot consistency as well as its insistence on keeping the players separated because they gave us all like these garrisons which were basically like uh like halls where you would hang out and do missions with the ai and send them out on missions like a facebook game and then you would just wait until raid night and you would just sit in your garrison and once you hit the level cap and wait until raid night and you can't see other players in your garrison unless they invite you. So it like became this weird like I'm only going to see myself in my guild and that's kind of sad. Like this is a game with millions of players. Um, mm-hmm. And so they realized that and Legion basically uh, takes that idea and turns it into these things called class halls. Where every single class has a space that is real and exists within the world uh, for them to do that kind of stuff in. But you can also see everybody else of your class that's on your server. Uh, there so it like is definitely bringing the player base back together and uh, it takes place back on Azeroth in the present which is like okay this is good I'm seeing the results of things that I did a lot many years ago we're not an alternate universe this is all this all matters like the plot carries weight way, way more than it did before uh, mm-hmm. and it like it doesn't waste any time with you and, like if you really for anyone that's listening if it's like if you want to just get into this game at some point and you want to play the stuff that everyone's talking about like I think the main game is like ten or twenty dollars somewhere, and that includes the base and like every expansion except this one. And then you just buy the latest one, and you get a free boost to one hundred, which was the old level cat. And you just level the ten levels to one ten, and then you're caught up with everyone else. Um, but like, so you can just do that, and you're, you're not missing much because you're just caught up instead of like you're not you're not missing anything. They they definitely make do a good job of like. Showing you, like, hey, here's what you missed in the first hundred levels. Here's how you play your character so you don't make a fool of yourself in group content. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, and so that stuff's really nice and it's led to a lot of my, my guild coming back together. And they're just, there are a lot of like really friendly people. And at the end of the day, for me, the game is about doing fun things with friends and just like being in a space and being comfortable there. Like, there are days where I'll just like log on and run around because I play a druid and the druid class hall, um, is this, like, dream forest that nobody else can go to. Like, everyone else can see it, but once they go up to the portal, they kind of, like, get bounced back. Whereas if you're a druid, you, like, go through it and you're in an alternate dimension with all these, like, portals and there's, like, talking trees and uh, forest people. Like, it's absolutely gorgeous. And the Blizzard art design team, since the beginning, just absolutely incredible. Uh, It's, like, this is the game that I want to buy a computer for because I'm currently running it on, like, low to medium with medium... Frame rate And it's like, I just want to see all the beautiful art that they've made for this. Mm -hmm. Um, I just hit 110 a few days ago. The the new, like, hey, your max level content uh, is really good so far. Uh, It seems like it's going to peter out a little bit, but not as quickly as it has in previous expansions. Like, they're definitely doing a good... They've, like, perfected the MMO formula of, like, we don't want you to ever get bored. The second you hit 110, Mm -hmm. you have, like, 30 different things you can do. And it's just a matter of picking and then doing them with friends. So... Mm -hmm i love it i rec- recommend it to people i know a lot of people there's like this stigma about mmos of like oh what if i don't want to play anything else and it's like i mean i play other games it's just a thing at some point it's just a glorified chat room that i, I hop into right. discord and like do a dungeon or two with friends a night or something do like right. a daily and like you can do some of the missions on your phone now they made a phone app that's like hey do you want to just like have your character not even have to log in huh Uh So that that stuff is just like, hey, the boring stuff you can do from your phone while you're at work and then you come home and like go kill a serpent demon at home (laughs) with your friends. So if you want to go kill a serpent demon with your friends, then Wild Legion's got your back.
1: Speaking of Blizzard. Oh yeah. I I bought a Ferris shirt. Good. Not recently. Mm -hmm. Um so I've I've never ordered something from Blizzard before. Because Overwatch is kind of the first thing from Blizzard that I've like had any interest in, Uh, and so I bought that merch, and it comes in like a literal box. Oh my god, it's like a loot box! It's like a little loot box. It says Blizzard on it, and it has like all the logos for all the like. I just bought a shirt; it didn't need to come in a box. I don't know why they felt the need to make boxes, but they did, and it opens all the. It opens up and you see like the art from all the games, whatever. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's really extra. I don't know why they did that, but I have a Farrah shirt now. So, yeah,
0: that's like Blizzard in a nutshell. It's like, Oh, I didn't even expect them to do like, they didn't even have to do this much for for us. Uh, a lot of like since they got bought by Activision, a lot of the complaints have been like, oh, they've gone very corporate and they've turned a lot of their games into like money farming machines like Hearthstone and all of this stuff. And it's like,
1: which they are. They are.
0: Yeah. But it's a company like it's a company that that like makes products. They happen to also yeah. be good products. Um, and World of Warcraft is like it's a monthly fee, but you really you like you get everything. And there's an in game store, but you can buy it's just like you want to buy some mounts. Do you really care enough about mounts? you want to buy them. You don't have to. I don't. I like mounts, but I like earning them, so I haven't really bought anything from the store. Uh, I'm looking at their their online store right now, though, and I really want to get this Pepe plush for for twenty oh dollars. Pepe is like a little cute bird that they introduced in the last yes. expansion. He's like sits on your head. He's great. Eli Pepe. has
3: him, I believe.
0: Yes, that's you can get it to like permanently sit on your head forever, which I never got, but uh it's good stuff. But uh, Eli called I me mean...
3: over and was like, "Come, Caitlin, look at look at my head. Pepe is there." And I was like, "That's great, Eli."
0: No. <laughs> and then you patted. No, I I love
1: Overwatch, but I I bought a loot. I bought like ten loot boxes, and none of them were good. So no, that's always
3: fuck, the worst. Fuck,
1: fuck, fuck that. Before I had luck, and I actually got some cool skins. But then I paid ten dollars, and then I get didn't I didn't get shit. So I'm not gonna. I'm done, I'm not gonna buy any. I'm not. I'm done. I'm done.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: fuck capitalism <laughs> oh
0: hey uh, hey! Th- speaking of fuck capitalism are we done with our segment one and we'd like to move on
1: that sounds
0: good to me yeah uh people who have watched the film will know that that's one of the best segues i've ever done we'll be right back. <laughs> i thought so too thank you we'll be we'll be right back to discuss the film cosmopolis
2: I adore
0: Our shared experience for this episode was the 2012 film Cosmopolis, which was written and directed by David Cronenberg, and it was based on the 2003 novel by Don DeLillo. Uh, The sort of like line of how did we get to watching this movie is really weird. Uh, (laughs) It's like one of our strangest origins, Uh, because basically I was on a big metric kick a couple months ago, which is really like my whole life since high school, and I learned that they did the soundtrack for a movie called Cosmopolis. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. And then uh, I listened to the soundtrack that they did, and it's amazing. Uh, And I highly recommend people listen to that. And then I'm like, well, okay, let's try and see this in context. Um, And so I was like, we should watch the movie. And I watched the trailer. Uh,
1: The trailer is a trailer for another movie. Yes, it is. (laughs) Totally. It
3: really is.
0: I think the problem with the trailer is just that um, it's like. It makes sense a little bit. a the trailer the trailer is a different tone like the trailer is like capitalism is evil look at the world falling yeah. apart like the people like holding the rat up to the limousine which like is a decent shot in the film um but right. it's not like it makes it seem like there's way more action and like hard drama whereas realistically cosmopolis is like a pretty sad quiet just like oh man yeah oh things are falling apart slowly but surely around ropper patents cool limo um <laughs> And it starts, yeah. speaking of which, yes, it does, in fact, star uh, Twilight Vampire Boy himself, Robert Pattinson. Uh, I'm curious what y'all th- thought of this movie because I, I, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I,
1: you know, while I was watching it, I was like, this isn't great. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not great. And when I finished it, I was like, well, I mean, I didn't hate it. <laughs> there's some enjoyable aspects to it, totally, but I think I think the most damning thing about this movie is that it really wants you to think about its philosophical questions and the the most damning thing I just didn't think about it afterwards. I just watched it and then I was done. It didn't really like raise any questions for me about capitalism about any of the things that this movie tries to say. It just feels so isolated in what it wants to say uh, that it just didn't make any like meaningful impressions on me
0: What about you Katie?
3: Okay um, well just to like condense my thoughts here um, it kind of felt like I was watching like the film version of a poem Ooh. Um, and I honestly felt like had I like you know read it in like a text form um, I'd probably enjoy it more because then I'd have to the time to like stop and like kind of analyze right. and try to understand what was going on. Um, but as in a movie, it just goes. Um, there's no time exactly. for me to be like, oh, um, let me just process what's happening because it's not making much sense to me. Um, right. I felt like the dialogue; it sounded like to me toddlers talking to each other. If toddlers talked about sex and money. <laughs> um, and I felt like a lot of the dynamic between the characters themselves like it was like it was lines being read at a high school play so
0: yeah.
3: um, and I got out of it and I was like I have no idea what I just watched yeah mm-hmm. and I can't say I necessarily enjoyed it
2: either so,
1: so here is a piece of IMDb trivia that will explain a lot about how this movie turned out okay David Cronenberg wrote this script in six days. He was admitted. He has admitted that when he converted the book into screenplay format on his computer, he realized it was so perfect that his only work was to separate dialogues from narration.
0: He (laughs) copy pasted. He copy pasted the book. Didn't he? He basically just copy pasted the book. It's totally. That's that's it. That's the whole movie is you are watching a literal adaptation of a, of a book that totally would be, I would love reading this. Like I would get, yeah, I would get so sure. into this because you can, st- you can be like, all right, here's like his meeting with this character. Cause it's, it's the story is like, he's in this limo and he wants to get a haircut on the other side of town, but it's really dangerous because capitalism is, is destroying the world. And uh he runs into a bunch of crazy, uh, interesting characters. And like, I want to meet one of those and, like, think about what they say to him and then move on. Instead, it's just like, here's Jay Baruchel talking about the dangers of technology in youth. Here's uh, this 12-year-old guy who can't stop looking at his weird iPad. Uh, Here's an older prostitute. Here's, like, his wife. And now he's going to lunch with her. He's in a taxi. And you're like, I just, I need to, this has no focus. Yep. It Mm -hmm. doesn't stay anywhere. It doesn't sit in any moment, which is ironic because he spends the whole movie sitting pretty much.
1: Uh, I would, I would, I would kind of disagree with that to be honest with you. Uh, I felt like each of the scenes were distinct in their own way. And like, I mean, the dialogue is another story, right? But like (laughs) a lot of this, there's a lot of long fucking scenes in this movie. And especially towards the end, like it does, I think it does get really like plot or just like really focused on the characters that he's
0: talking to But none of them felt like people was part of my problem. Mm -hmm. And none of the transitions felt natural, which is the other thing that's like, this must have been a hard thing to film. Because I, okay, I've like watched, I think the only other David Cronenberg film that I watched maybe is um, Existence. Which (laughs) is like the weirdest one to start with because it's about a woman who's like a game designer. And she makes like an, it's like an alien game controller and people like go into the alien video game world. It's like not anything you expect it to be. It's almost lynching and how weird it is. So I'm like, okay, I know Cronenberg and the term Cronenbergian, as used to refer to like body horror and creepiness makes sense to me. But I think his whole like thesis of like what he wants to do with his films is like take something that we've normalized and talked about to death and then just like really put a lens to how weird it is. Like we don't talk about how weird the lives of rich people are, but a lot of this movie is just like, hey, he doesn't care. Like, there's that whole scene towards the middle where the riot is happening around him, and he's like, anyways, tell me about my economic philosophy to his advisor or whatever. Like, that's very intentional Mm -hmm. and very charged and kind of, like, making this point of, like, oh, they don't even care. Like, they could see the whole world burn in front of them, and it wouldn't matter because they still have their limos. Um, Like, it's... it's. I actually think it's really gorgeously shot. I think that there's a lot of, like, good placement of shots, and... uh, There's
1: some... Yeah, there's some really great shots, but I just just just, just <laughs> the green screen on the limo yeah it. that, just, that, yeah that, it's too. so I, distracting because in like half the movie happens in the limo so whenever they weren't in the limo i'm just like this is really like well shot and looks great
0: i think part of it is because the limo isn't a real like they didn't get a real limo that they filmed this in uh, like a lot of the, or at least like a lot of the, or maybe they like put a, have like a limo set and then the whole outside is green screened. Cause like when Jay Rischel has his head next to the window, you just right. like see the the thing behind him. Like that, that glow of like, this is nothing, nothing behind him is real. Uh, and a lot of Cronenberg's work has that feeling of like, this looks weirdly bad. And I don't even know why, if it's because of like technical flaws or like there's, is he trying to say something? Like it's so... Wants you to think, but like you said, it's like it doesn't have much to say. It's just like, hey, rich people are like really callous and they like kind of just have no, they don't have a lot of like reason to to care about anything. The movie ends with him shooting himself in the hand and being like, ah, oh, that hurt. Like that's one of well, those scenes. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm okay with it not having a lot to say though, because it's mostly just about the dialogue and the interplay between the characters, which again would be better in a book. Right, but... Uh, since it doesn't really adopt it for a film, you're just left with these characters monologuing and there's, unless you watch them multiple times to have a feel what these characters are saying, which at that point, like, if you're gonna do that, just read the book, like
3: yeah, I don't know what
1: else you would take away from this
3: It made me uncomfortable I guess How so? I don't know It just felt... <laughs> Gross, I guess. Yeah, I, I that's don't know how to describe it. it felt like there was like a like how do I explain? Like, if I had to say that there was a tangible feeling of the movie, it's like, never mind. I was about to get really crude. Um, like almost like a mucus. It feels like yeah. it's covered in like mucus.
0: <laughs> I get that. I, I think that is just like the way that Cronenberg does stuff. But like, it's clearly coming from something. And I agree with you. I don't know how to describe that feeling, but it's definitely this like, oh, God, everyone's just bad. And like, I don't know. Am I supposed to like anyone? Because like, I definitely don't like Eric Parker as a Eric Packer as a character. Like, I think he's kind of a scumbag, but like in an interesting way, I'm good. Co- and his new wife is like incredibly disaffected. But then you're so you're like, oh, bad female character. But like, she's intentionally disaffected.
3: Yeah,
1: that is where I wrote but like the lobster but bad okay there we go (laughs) was that whole like romance plot because it's very much just like cold conversation when are we gonna have sex again thing uh but just like not really interesting in any way uh i just yeah
0: Uh, most of what they're getting at with that plot is like hey when you are so detached from humanity you have to like plan out how to be human Cause like he has that part mm-hmm. with her in the hotel, like at the end where he's like, I'm asking you questions about how you're doing. And I'm asking you about your day. These are normal things right. to do. And you're like, Oh right. my God, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know the difference. Uh, mm-hmm. like there's just, there's so much subtext that isn't brought up enough. And like, isn't, I don't know. It's not like not expressed in a way that made sense to me. Um, and that is that goes all the way to the final scene which bothered me to no end because i was like this is supposed to be the whole movie in one scene it's supposed to make so much sense exactly and i'm like falling asleep during it because paul giamatti is Mm. just like he's like whispering and like i basically what is hack i can tell you like what is literally happening in this movie but like what they're trying to say and what's being said is where i start to run into problems Because, like, really what that is, is Paul Giamatti is a guy that used to work for Eric Packer. And he's like, oh, you know, you made my life terrible. And, like, I, you know, have really, uh, I have, like, a damaged sense of self because of you. And then Packer is like, oh, well, I don't know how to feel anything. So maybe if you kill me, then I can kind of, like, reset the the loop and, like, get fixed things. Like, maybe my existence is the problem here. And so the movie ends on that question of, like, is he going to shoot him or is he going to... Re- regain his like sense of self by being a good person it's like but none of that's in there it's just a lot of them talking about like ah oh, the work you gave me and like Wall Street and money and the so stock market so I actually the last scene is my favorite scene in the whole movie that's fair okay
1: because <laughs> and I'll tell you yes. why it's the one point in the movie that has the most interesting cinematography there's some really yes. amazing shots in that apartment that I was like, man, this is actually really cool to look at. And the fucking scene just starts with, hey, you want to have a chat? Yeah, I <laughs> Which, know. like, should have been the whole movie, right? But no, just, like, with this one specific situation where it's like, oh, I want to kill you. Hey, do you want to talk about it instead? And then maybe we'll get there. Like, was, like, the most honest part of this whole movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. I And I... Kinda I didn't have any I like Paul Giamatti. I didn't mind like basking in their weird monologues and stuff. Um and yeah, again, it's just the most interesting cinema like just some really cool shots there.
0: Like there's um, one shot of like Giamatti is like one eighth of the whole screen and it's like mm-hmm. mostly the room behind him. Uh or the part where it's like pretty far away from the two of them and Pattinson gets into the back of like the closet. He yes, that's the exact the...
3: thing I was talking that. that what yeah. I was thinking about. Um, and he like
0: closes the door on his face. That's a good shot. I thought that too. <laughs> honestly,
1: that scene. This could have been a short film, and that scene yep. could have been that.
0: Yeah. You that, know what? That scene stands on its own.
3: That's a great observation.
0: Because <laughs> that's honestly
1: the thing that I found mo- most interesting about this whole movie. I and it's very just about like get straight to the point. Have this rich dude have someone who wants to kill him, and then just.
0: Have a monologue with each other. Yeah, yeah. It's that is what so many of the other scenes would be. But the problem is that the other ones are mostly rich people talking to rich people. So everyone is so disaffected and just like monologuing. And you're like, "What do you? What do you?" Which is like, f-
1: yeah, which is fine. Which is like kind of the point. But like, it's not like it's a certain point. You just like, okay, I get it. Like,
3: you know, Eli actually called me um, in the middle of when I was watching it, and I was like, around the part where he actually goes to get his haircut. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he's in, like, the barbershop and stuff. And I was like, I was like, oh, do you, you're watching the movie. Do you want me to call you back? And I was like, no, it's fine. I, I'm not <laughs> getting anything out of this anyway. And he was like, are you paying attention? And I was like, yes, I am. I'm really trying here. So.
0: There's a lot of scenes like that. <laughs> I was like at some point just watching it like an audiobook where I was like looking down not looking at it because I'm like yeah this is like well shot in parts but and I think the second half is a lot better than the first half but I don't there's like mm. nothing to look at it's just two people talking my least maybe my least favorite scene but I want to talk about it is the scene with uh, where he finds out about the death of the rapper um, mm. and there's like the riots and you're like oh the riots and the busyness in the streets aren't just because the president is in town they're also because this rapper who he cares a lot about and like uses his music uh in one of his elevators in his weird two elevator system yep yeah uh that's like the that's a good one line the though normal one. Th- that that yeah. that is again conceptually a great thing i would love to have read in a book where he says this.
1: which like i feel like a lot of this movie tries to be humorous but then that's the only thing that yeah. was funny to me
0: if this movie was funny it'd be infinitely better oh my god
1: because <laughs> oh my, but it tries so hard there's the scene where he's getting his butt checked out or whatever Uh, and he's talking to the one woman and they're talking about what it it stalks or whatever. And then the woman gets around and like, that's supposed to be like a funny, like weird thing. And it was just, it didn't do anything really. It didn't go anywhere. It was, it just happened. Yeah,
0: exactly. You get to the end of every scene and you're like, well, that happened. (sighs) Anyways like, it's not, well, you were
1: talking about the music scene.
0: Yeah. So he like one of the, the or like, I think it's like the, the father of brother Fez um, is coming into his limo and says like, Oh, the kid died. He was super young. And like, he was a good Muslim boy and like, he was a good person. And that was just like, this movie is finally interacting with people of color. Like the rich people interacting with like the disadvantaged people. And it's just like, it has, again, it has nothing to say. Because I thought they were going to get to something about like, oh, you only like people because they create things for you, which is like a pretty common thing that we, when we talk about like musicians and artists is like their fans only like them when they're making something, when they're not making something, they're not people. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Kanan is like a good artist. That song that they play with the the Mecca song is like a good song. It's on the soundtrack. I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's like an established rapper. But then it's just like you had there right there. That could have been one of my favorite scenes. I really, really wanted this movie to interact with like, what is it like? for this guy to, like, talk to other people who are n- nowhere on his, like, spectrum of what people are like.
1: I felt like that was the point, though, because they're the only people of color in the movie, and that's the only... I don't know. It's, he like, again, he had that song in the elevator, and that was, like, the only point of Mur- in the movie where he expressed grief,
3: right?
0: Pretty much. And he uh, cries.
3: He does cry. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just felt like it said that without really saying that maybe.
0: And it's stuff like that. That makes me think like, I definitely, definitely didn't hate this movie. There's like no part of my brain. That's like, this was a bad film. I don't know if I can recommend it to a lot of people, but it's like, it's really interesting and weird. And the book is probably infinitely a million times better, but ah, I just like, where, where was this going? Why did he shoot his security uh, guard in the face? Yeah.
3: Cause, that that cause he was... really disturbed me. Actually, I did not expect that at all, and that like really caught me off guard. The like face stabbing thing, I was okay with. I was like, okay. oh man, that was
1: fucking that brutal. Happened. I don't know, that was way worse. <laughs> oh, me, on the it was TV him
3: shooting his guard. Yeah. That like it made me jump, and like I was like, oh, oh, like hand on the chest, oh. W-
0: that i mean okay the like killing the guy on tv it felt almost like a banksy sort of thing where it's like oh you you know what i mean though or it's just like oh like you'll watch anything on tv here's the real reality tv here's a politician getting stabbed on daytime television uh and then like him killing his security guard i felt like maybe they were just trying to be like oh he's trying to feel something he's trying to like take control exactly is
1: it that? That was. Or, what's that? That's what I took away from it too, because there was that other scene where she has sex with that lady, and then she has a taser, and then he's just all like, "Tase me, cause I need to feel something." I felt like that whole scene was another part of that, cause the whole thing is he's going through like a road downward, downward spiral and just making sh- shitty decisions just to put himself at risk. So,
0: the taser scene felt to me like almost a trope of like. Uh, the rich person doesn't feel anything. So they need someone to like harm them sexually, Yeah, which I feel like I've just seen a lot. And it's like, I don't know. There are people who that like is a kink for them. So I don't know, maybe don't make it like the thing that makes you be like, oh, you're messed up. You don't feel anything. You want to get tased. Um, not that people, I don't know people that want to get tased as a kink. Like, I don't know. But (laughs) the point is, it's like, that feels like a weirdly common thing. Uh, Mm. I really liked Samantha Morton's character, his, his chief of theory, who, um, I believe is the one talking to him during the main riot when he's like in Times Square. Mm. I feel like her performance was like weirdly great. Uh, and I don't even know how to describe why, because I can't remember Mm. anything like this movie doesn't like hold itself in your head at all. No, It, it doesn't. Emotionally, it does. Like, I know how I felt during scenes, but like, there is not a single line. Out of this movie that's filled with very clearly, very quotable lines about like the difference between the rich and the poor and like what it's like to have and have not. Um But I don't remember. Which
1: anything. character are you talking about?
0: Uh Vija. Vija Kinski, his chief of theory. Um, She's like the fourth person in his. uh Okay. In his, in yeah. His, uh,
1: okay. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Right.
0: Not the sweaty gym lady. She was cool. That's the one you were talking about earlier during the prostate exam. Yeah which oh my god <laughs> this is a movie that features the line uh your prostate is lopsided maybe you haven't been you've been thinking about things like they're even but they're lopsided like your prostate <laughs> and you're like what oh this movie's weird no
1: it's your yeah. prostate is asymmetrical, asymmetrical. i'm sorry yeah.
0: not lopsided yeah maybe and then life the
3: guys is like guys is like mine asymmetric. too they're like what yeah
0: I, you know, I was like are you guys gonna high five and he's like you should have listened to it because you know, all the best things are asymmetrical. And that's like his realization at the end. Yeah. Uh, is there any other scenes in particular that people remember being like, what the fuck? The rat metaphor uh. got a little tired by the end. <laughs> they start with the quote and I'm like, oh, that's a yeah. good quote. And then they just keep literalizing yeah. it. And I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. They're going to use rats as currency. That's the joke. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, then they, they throw it at him. That's funny. in the diner. That's some good shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that, that actually the scene that encapsulates this movie the best is the dude who pies yeah, oh, him, and then and movie. then they just leave him and had a monologue in the middle of the street for like five minutes.
0: <laughs> and then he kicks him in the balls once, and then he's like, "Anyways, you're free to go." Yeah, it's like I pied the Shah of of uh, Brunan. <laughs> And I got put into a dark room for like three weeks until I couldn't see or feel or think anything. And you're like, yeah, and? and he's like just talking about like why he likes pieing different famous people. Um, yeah.
2: yeah,
1: that is that is just the most like this is a novel. Yep, yep. Like nobody in their right mind would just like let this dude talk for two minutes or whatever it is, you know.
0: Especially his security guard Torval, which is a good name. Uh, that actor actually was one of my favorite side. That's
1: actually my favorite Overwatch character. <laughs>
0: I knew you would. Oh. It's my favorite pair of bosses in World of Warcraft. Boom! Take that. They have a bo- They have two bosses in World of Warcraft called Torb and Yorn.
1: Really? Yes. Oh, they know. I
0: mean, they own both properties. I can. That's cute. Uh, they're like Vikings. Anyways, uh, Kevin Duran is the actor. He was one of my favorite side characters on Lost. People who have seen it are like, really, Kimi Allen? Come on, Kimi's great. He looks like a weird catfish man. I love him." uh but like he during that scene is like oh i'm gonna grab you and tie your hands behind your back like he's clearly being restrained but then when there's like the rioters outside he's just like killing them he's like punching him in the face and like cracking them (laughs) against the ground you're like dude (laughs) make up your mind Mm -hmm. and then he dies and the in case you were wondering if it was an easter egg or something the name that he says to activate his gun if you google that name it only comes up with this film and the book it's like not i don't think it's like a real person Which is weirdly funny to me. Yeah, I think that is most of the stuff I wanted to say about it. I was bothered by a lot of it. There were parts that were unintentionally funny. Um, I thought it was paced okay, but a little bit slow, and I don't want to watch it again.
3: (laughs) Yeah, me. I don't know
1: this. (laughs) I don't know this. I I love his music. (laughs) I don't know this. (laughs) Was that was a very chilly scene? Yeah
0: a lot of like unintentionally silly. Katie, do you have, like a, did you have another favorite moment maybe?
3: I I don't know. I what actually stood out to me was when they were both like, yeah, our prostates are asymmetrical. What does it mean? <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and they're like, I don't know, it doesn't oh, really mean anything.
1: There There's that scene where she's talking he's talking to his wife and then he's like <laughs> your boobs are just like oh, your mom's. Yes.
3: You have. He's like, breath.
1: what?
0: <laughs> no, stop. And he says, like, how do you know? You got great tits, and you're like, dude, no. And she doesn't even. She's not even bothered by it. No, nope. no, it's no. just this movie. That's the thing, right? Is like, at the end of the day, the biggest, most consistent, like, sense that I had during this film was like, wow, that person said something weird. I wonder how the other person's gonna. Oh, they're not reacting. Okay, they're just gonna keep <laughs> talking. Okay. <laughs> there's like no acting like you know what is it the reacting is most of what the acting profession is there's no reacting in this movie everyone's just talking at each other uh
1: i also i also enjoyed the barber's accent because it only came out when he said first
0: voiced (laughs) that's
1: literally all that happened there
0: no yeah this film was not uh it was filmed a lot of it in canada and then i think a lot of the casting is like non-american so they didn't (laughs) <laughs> it's not very accurate. I don't know what it is. Whenever like non-American uh, directors try to do New York, it's just like, oh, that's not that's not what New York accents sound like. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, it was like very popular. It's it, in, on Wikipedia. It's called a Canadian, French, Italian, Portuguese co-produced drama thriller. Okay. So it's like, everything but here. <laughs> uh, David Cronenberg is not gonna get to make a lot of movies like this because this movie made like ten dollars and cost ten million to make. So, oh, yeah. oh wow, and yet another uh, film that we've had interesting things to say about on the cast, but n- is not, didn't do well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, let's all go watch Videodrome after this and get even more disturbed. It's one of his other <laughs> It's like people in a TV or something, but it's not Persona 4. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> is that going to do it for our discussion of Cosmopolis?
1: Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I guess green screen,
2: green screen.
1: You you, the thing like you sent? I watched it and then you sent me a text, Alan. That was like, "How was the music?" And I was like, "There's none." (laughs) What? There was music. That was frustrating. There's uh, there's some. (laughs) The credits have there's some. There's the there's the scene where they go to the theater with all the kids dancing and everything. Yeah. Uh, And then and then there's the very end where the music builds up.
3: I thought the opening Uh, sounded pretty pretty yeah yeah yeah,
1: the opening too
0: the the music from the metric produced soundtrack is definitely it's like a inspired by the movie it like it has nothing to do it's not in the movie at all it's all but it's good people should definitely listen to the Mm -hmm. cosmopolis soundtrack it's on like most music streaming services uh but i think that's gonna do it for um our discussion of cosmopolis let's move on to housekeeping (laughs) at housekeeping now it's housekeeping <laughs> we're here we're here it. you can follow the podcast on twitter at podcast fireside um you can also send us questions and comments at firesidefriendspodcast at gmail.com and if you don't mind if you could follow and rate us on itunes stitcher or google play whichever one you use that'd be really nice uh, and we'll give you a shout out at some point maybe uh tell a friend tell a girlfriend tell a boyfriend tell a person that you love and care about like hey fireside friends it's a podcast with a bunch of cool people on it. And you should listen to it. That's, I think, the best way to describe our show. <laughs> like one <laughs> sentence. It's cool people talking yep. about things. Um, <laughs> and uh, I can be found at twitter.com slash ibrahim, And that's pretty much where most of my stuff is. Um, the aforementioned other podcast that I host is called Scape Chats. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, what about you, Katie? Oh, what about... Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, I fucked up. Because you don't do that.
3: That's
0: okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. What about okay. you, Ryan?
1: uh Talk detective on Twitter. That's where you can find me
0: and my d- sh- weird shit posts. <laughs> I love your shit posts. I think they're really good. Um, I think so too. Also, people should follow us on Twitch. We're Twitch TV slash what is it? Podcast Fireside on there as well.
1: Fireside friends podcast oh. on Twitch. We're playing. We've <laughs> been playing Indigo Prophecy, and that's a. It's a fucking experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a. It's just like a movie.
0: It's a. It's a film. We're not playing it. We're watching it. Katie, you should join us on one of those sometime. It's really. It's something special.
3: That sounds We'd like love fun. To have you.
0: Uh, and I think that's
1: going to. She doesn't seem thrilled to do that. At no,
3: all. I'll do it. I'm here for it. I love the games
0: uh, It's not a game though. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie though. <laughs> it's a film. Oh,
3: excuse me, excuse. Me.
0: David Cage's Indigo Prophecy. Uh I think that's going to do it for this episode of Fireside Friends. No, you didn't let
1: Katie do pl- Wait, no, no wait. Do no.
3: Look what's happening. So,
1: I'm Check off my game cuz I didn't have to worry about hosting. Yeah, see, so. now you know
0: why I can derp sometimes is cuz it's just, yeah. Nah. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for Fireside Friends. Uh that's not, what are you What do you say, Ryan? What's the words? I think that's gonna do it for this episode of. Oh, there you go. That's the words. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I
1: mean, you can say whatever the hell you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah.
0: Hey, y'all. That that this was Fireside Friends. Yeah. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you so much. I don't know how
3: I feel about that one.
0: Yo, what's good in the hood, folks? This is Fireside Friends. We're all homie. We're all really cool and great, and we love you. And uh, good luck out there. And smooches. Mwah. No. Hey, guy. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome to Firestyle. Hey guys, hey girls, hey guys and girls. Make sure
3: to rate, comment, and subscribe.
0: And uh, we'll send you a free snack to your house and we'll name it something unique. Nature Box. (laughs) This is my snake, Nature Box. (laughs) Nah, um. Blue Ribbon, go buy. Blue Ribbon. Whatever. Blue Apron, Ryan. Oh,
1: well, they're not paying us that's my that's my that's my brand of food delivery service that's blue ribbon
0: blue ribbon something blue ribbon is like dog food though i think it's like a brand of pet food <laughs> who cares okay
1: all right it's blue velvet then i love lynch so
0: thank you so much for listening to fireside friends good luck out there and don't forget to take care of yourself buy my food Who's the one with the wheel? That's Junkrat. I already said Junkrat. Yeah. Who? Who's the other? Uh, what about uh, May? Who,
3: Come up with something for May.
0: May's Bay. Oh, you mean um, <laughs> Elsa from Frozen.
2: <laughs> yeah, her. <laughs>
0: Just yeah, Elsa. Uh, it's it's good. It's cool, Elsa. Or um, uh, oh, the, not the Junkrat one, but the other one that's like similar. Oh, y- Yank and Tug. What's his face?
2: Yank and Tug.
1: <laughs> I fucking play Roadhog. Overwatch every day, and I don't know what the
0: fuck you're talking about. It's
3: Roadhog.
0: Roadhog. Good job. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let's play this game a little bit more. Maybe maybe this will make I'm some.
3: Sorry, yank and tug just really gets me.
0: Yeah, let's see. Maybe some of this turns into cold open. Okay, other Overwatch characters. There is, well, there's Lacroix Water. We know that. Uh, yeah. It's easy. <laughs> no, it's the La-
1: it's Lacroix Amelie. Lacroix. Oh, you're yeah. right. Oh my god. her name is Amelie Lacroix. Oh,
0: stop. Good movie. What did you think of it by the way? You saw it, right? I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. It's very French, but it, in like a good way.
3: I thought you were saying there was a LaCroix movie and I got really confused. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>